0: Welcome, 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 welcome to the Unleashed and Unstoppable show. My name is Todd
1: Pierce. My name's Dean Martin. We're up to number seven. Number seven, we've got uh,
2: Lockie Stewart.
1: Hey, (laughs) Lockie Stewart. Welcome, welcome to our podcast. Yeah, nice. This is number
0: seven and um, this is a, a special episode for us. Um, where we're going to be talking about something that's obviously very important to us as men, and that is men's health in respect to our, our mindset, our emotions, our family, our purpose, what we do in life, work, all those good things. And Lockie's an interesting bloke. We're really excited to have him on board because... He actually has a an amazing business that he's he started called The Man That Can Project. And what he's mm-hmm. doing is he's actually helping men really reconnect with their authentic self, overcome the the emotional and psychological things that kind of hold them back and really embrace a life that makes them happy. So we're really excited to have him here. Yeah, Lucky mate, good to see Thanks you having me on. See Appreciate you, it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So basically just start off mate, um Tell us a little bit about you. Where you come from? What it is that you actually do? And like, where you're at now with things and in, coming into 2020.
2: 2020 this is an exciting year. First, thanks for having me on, boys. It's it's it uh, honour. I've watched a few of the episodes and nice, love man. it. But yeah, for myself, so I, I grew up in Toowoomba and you know have a family from the from the country. And then you know my goal, like a lot of blokes, is to be a professional athlete. So after school, I was chasing that dream of rugby. Yeah, know uh, about that. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't work out for me. I was left trying to find out who I was, really. I didn't have any understanding of who I was as a bloke. I didn't want to do university. I really didn't want to do a trade because I had different ways of viewing those things. So I was just left there going, I'm a complete failure. So much like we were talking about before, I turned to drugs and alcohol as a way to sort of avoid mm. um, what I really did not want to deal with and, and to ask myself those hard questions. And that sort of brought on that ripple effect of, um, you know, depression, anxiety, and then, got myself in a bit of trouble, which was the wake-up call for me, and that was in 2013, uh, yeah, 2013 yep. which gave me that, yep. that moment to change my life. Um, not that I didn't, wasn't aware of it at that time. So then for 2014 it was, a good mate of mine gave me a book. And this was just crazy because I didn't read, right? I hated <laughs> reading, unless it was like a free rider magazine, free rider <laughs> motocross magazine or escape. skateboard. Yeah, the so music. they bring the movie yeah. out later. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, so I got this book and I read it and it was the most boring book I've ever read. The Four Agreements, if you've read it. And no, I've like, never read it. So who wrote it? Don Miguel Ruiz. Okay, yep. It's cool. a really boring book, but it's really powerful. Like it has the, obviously the Four Agreements of life. And what excited me about when I read that book, for one, I finished a book, yep. which was pretty cool. Um, and two was the lessons that I learned. That was the moment that shifted something inside of myself to realize that I could be more than the beliefs that I had about myself. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. When the athlete identity disappeared, I didn't have an identity. I was just that guy who took drugs, cheated, lied, and was just going to be a chippy for the rest of my life because yep. I, was, I was doing my apprenticeship at that point in time and I fucking hated – can I swear on this? Yeah, man. Yeah, I hated every every moment <laughs> every moment of of that. I just woke up every day just going, you know, fuck, is this all there is? But I, deep inside I knew there was something bigger yep. that I had to offer. I wasn't quite sure what that was, but – the moment that I finished that book, that's when I just got hungry for personal development. So, what
0: were the uh, four agreements for the people watching and listening? You put me on the spot. Here, one was, hey. The first one
2: is be impeccable with your word, um, yeah. your you self talk, how you uh, talk to yourself, how you talk mm, to others. Careful. And can't remember what the other two are off the top of my head. Yeah. If you can bring them up on the prompt, then mate. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're so simple. And when you read them, so do research at home, guys, Google it, uh, you'll read it and you go, yeah, that. Simple, to live by sense. and you know, extremely powerful. So yep. for me, that was a game changer. And from that, you know, I started reading Tony Robbins. I was just asking whatever whatever popped up in a book that really excited me to learn a little bit more about. I would find the next book that could lead me to that, or nice. You know, and then obviously that and then led me into podcasting and started to doing uh, listening to all that sort of stuff. And that was Mind it. Blind, yeah, going and on. I, I think I was fortunate to get myself into a position where I was just like, act now and ask questions later if yep. I didn't know how to do it. And that you know, learning through doing uh, yeah. taught me the best best way of getting to where I am now. Jump off
0: the cliff and uh, develop your wings as you fall. Good.
2: <laughs> yeah. <Good> way <laughs> to do it. Yeah, which, you know, in hindsight, it's been interesting. I'm going through a, you know, obviously with where the business is at right now, so last 14 months have been massive for the Man That Can project, but, yep. you know, full up in one-on-one coaching going into the workshop mm-hmm. space now just because it, I think it's, it's fun and get more men in, in, and create that environment which is exciting so talk about that so how did you find yourself kind of getting
0: what kind of made the man that can project come to life what was that
2: cool so for me it was when i first read that book i got really excited so you you can go onto my instagram and scroll back to 20 you can watch the whole journey yeah which is cool cool for me to look back. And when I started learning these things, I was like, right, I'm going to write a post about. It. And I was poor at English, so my missus, I'd send her all my stuff. I was like, can you proof this and make it sound <laughs> a little bit better? And through that process, I learned to to write, which was yep. cool. Um, but then I started doing videos, so I've still got all my first videos. They keep popping up on Facebook, and it's awesome. And I'm Memories, uh, I'm in a trades you know, like floor outfit, or I'm you know hiding under the job site taking a video. I'm yeah, walking yeah. by the pool, and I'm just this angry. Young dude who mumbles, and I'm like, this is time and money, why not? And I can mumbling. I look back and I'm like, Wow. You know what you no wonder no one could understand you and no wonder you hated yourself. Like, yep. come on, bro. Like, um, but it was through that that process I started documenting everything. And I I would get criticized by people, but I would also get to look back and go, okay, I need to speak from my mouth a bit more open, or yep. I need to start using articulating things better because I would yep. just say things like fuck and I still do that, but like I wouldn't explain things well. It's a good so fucking
0: it, word. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know. so I, I learned through all this process and just giving myself my own feedback from it that I needed to start, you know, improving my posture, improving how I looked, improving how I articulated yep. things, and I just kept learning from my own development, and then as a result of that, people over time started going, oh, I love what you're doing, mm. love what you're about, how did you overcome this? How, how, because my whole brand, the whole Man That Can brand is built off my story mm. um, and, and my journey because I like to be as open about everything as possible, Like, yep. much like yourself, guys. Mm. Um, and it was just a ripple effect from that and it was 2017. So I went into network marketing.
0: Mate, we've all been there.
2: Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Certainly are. I was saying to Etienne on the, on the way over like, I didn't know the product, I didn't know the conversation, but I was just like, I want that result. So I was on the phone. I was, at, I lost a lot of mates in the process, but mm. I was just wanted that result. But it taught me all the skills that I needed to now. So even like people like, how did the man that can go from here to here in fourteen months? Well, I'm like, well, it wasn't really fourteen months. Like I'd been building this guy for the last seven years yes. and getting clear on what I wanted to do, learning sales, learning marketing, yep. doing all that sort of stuff in the in the the, the background, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, network marketing was a huge part in that, and when 2017 when I sort of got out of that, I had people going, can you coach me? And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to be a coach. So then I yep. had another hang up on a coach because I, I don't know why, I just didn't like coaches. Yep. So then when they're like, what actually are you? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not a coach. Yeah, yeah. And, a dude. and then it's over the dude time I was like, right, I started coaching people and didn't have any structure. I didn't really know specifically what I wanted to give them, but was just using my experience and story. And then yep. it got to a point where I was like, right, I need, um, I need framework. That's what I feel. Yep is needed for my next step in the journey so I did NLP, NLP yeah nice,
0: nice and that
2: I didn't even know what NLP was I was just like I'm just going there to get my improve my sales skills and get a program on that's how exactly, to coach with. that's all I did but then exactly, I went in there and my mind was, man, was like boom I was and, exactly
0: the same I was in sales yeah and a guy that I work with was like that's how I because obviously we're all mm. NLP trained here yeah. those that don't know NLP basically helps you take control of your mindset yeah your mindset your emotions and gives you the skills to be able to communicate effectively with yourself and the world around you and it was sales that Draw me there too. My mate's like, bro, check out Tony Robbins You know who he is? I'm like, nope. Went and watched him. I go, it's the guy from Shallow Hell. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, bro, have you seen Darren Brown? I'm like, nope. He goes, go home, YouTube him. I'm like, went home, YouTube him. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like mind tricks, mentalism, yeah. and yeah, then I like booked myself into an NLP course. But it was because of sales. I wanted to become mm-hmm. better at sales. Yep. And it's funny that network marketing thing. And this is important too, because obviously, and it's on the list of the things we want to talk about today. But like in respect to skills, like you need to expose yourself, especially moving into 2020 and beyond. Like as men, we need to start to expose ourselves to a a more diverse range of skills. And like any man that's, you know, watching this right now, I think it's important not to be scared of doing something new. It's important not to be worried that oh that's not me I haven't been that therefore I can't do it Mm. because you'd be fucking surprised by just how much you can do if you just give it a go it's like you said you couldn't read you know you fucking just did it because it became important to you you will do it if it's important to you and like for me I was a fucking drop kick fucking jailbird and like I got out I learned these skills on how to communicate and for me I believe communication now is another skill 100%
2: and it will change your life
0: change your Mm. life but anyway sorry man Italy yeah. in there, but you yeah, got yeah. frameworks and stuff like framework, that.
2: Frameworks, so I got that, and then I was like, sweet, I'm good. So I had my framework, and then I was in Europe this time. Oh, actually, I was just getting back from Europe this time last year. But yeah. when I, was, I remember in Germany, I was going to get myself a snitty schnitzel, <laughs> for those at home. It's like Go and get and a schnitzel. And I was just thinking, because I had all these people asking, and I was like, what, would, what was the one thing that I needed five years ago when I was lost, had no real understanding of what else I could be in the, the networks? And I was like, if I had access to people from all walks of life where I could – grab their stories and learn their life skills that would fucking change the game and it would save me so many mistakes that I made mm-hmm. and it would have you know blown the lid off what I believed about myself mm-hmm. much much earlier so I was like men's circle let's get it happening yes I like literally that. I, I the first video on the man that can project thing is me walking along the street in Germany going righto boys this is what's happening <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I launched it literally on the way to the pub so nice that was it I didn't know what it was going to do like I remember my first men's circle I wrote out my story and all this sort of stuff and then when I got there I was like to hear my fucking story like let's just chat Yeah, yeah. and then over time we've tried different things and um, you know the last 12 months we've had over 300 different blokes come through the men's circles and we've launched another one in Toowoomba now as well which nice. is where I grew up yeah. so, so every- with the men's circle so talk to us about that so what do you kind of
0: well, for men that are thinking about, you know, maybe coming to a men's circle or doing what, what can they ex- what can they expect? Yeah, coming along to something like that. Some people yeah.
2: walk in and go, "Fuck, it's an AA meeting" because you're in a circle with. I chairs. went to I went
0: to AA. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah!
2: yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's weird. It? No. I, yeah. I
0: was,
2: <laughs> well, this is better. <laughs> so, what what, what can they expect? Kind of coming along to that? Literally, it's just an it's just blokes. Like the thing is, you don't need a men's circle to have the conversation we have. I'm just trying to. Want to to put men in an environment to go, fuck, that was yeah. really good to have that conversation. You're sitting Ooh. side by side with people you've never met. Yep. And it's real funny, right? You'll see people work, walk in for the first time and they'll sit down. I don't make anyone stand up. We're all equal here. So you sit there and everyone's fucking, you can see they're nervous about talking. Yep. Always, you know, pre-framing. It's like different beliefs, values, experiences in life. So probably going to have different points of views, but drop all that and just seek to understand before fucking mm. bell. And if you can offer some advice, cool. If not, just sit there. So there chill, just, yeah. Yeah. And you'll see is the moment, I always plan someone now to sit there and just go deep straight yep. away because otherwise you'd get halfway around and then someone would finally share something that's pretty significant and it'd be like a waterfall after that. Yes. And it just opens and then guys are like, that's the best thing I've ever had. And I'm like, it's a conversation. Like, yeah. that's it. And what, what I believe it brings to a lot of guys, it helps them ask better questions. They get to see a little bit of live workshopping like me challenging people and asking questions and then also it allows them to get stuff off their chest which mm. they... Don't feel comfortable doing it anywhere else. But the, the the goal of that is to create this ripple effect where, you know, we can all go back to our own mm. communities and wherever and start having those conversations. Yep. And you realize that it's not it's not weak to talk about that stuff. It's not weak to have those mm. uh, life challenges. This is just normal. And you, you're sitting in a room, you know, we cap it at 30.
0: Yep.
2: 30 guys and you're like, you know, you've got this successful partner in a law firm. You've got people from all walks of life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: you're like, fuck, I did not expect that from you. Or, and then you go, huh. We're all just as fucked up as each other. It's pretty cool. That's definitely. Something I want to point out to anyone that,
0: that, and obviously for any man, I would suggest definitely going along to something like this with Lockie. But I think, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my my vibe and like we've run many, many events, I've done this for almost a decade now, and we've like had hundreds upon hundreds of people come through. You'll be shocked for the people watching or listening how easy it is to open up and be honest with someone you don't fucking know. Oh, yeah.
1: That's definitely. I
0: just recently had this conversation with my wife. I said to her, I said, and this was tough for me to say this, I said to her, I said, I said, I find it easier sometimes to be open and brutally raw with someone I do not know than I do with with you. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's because those that are closest to us, right, they're the ones that we fear judgment from the most. Mm. So like for anyone that thinks about going here, this is a great place to be able to open up. And then... Like, as you said, the, the subsequent effect of that is that then everyone starts to open up and then it's like the law of association, right? You just, you all get yep. that growth, that learning. And when there's like heaps of different people in one spot with different experiences, like it's, it's fucking, yeah, What amazing. would be the
1: main problems or reasons why someone would go to you though?
2: The, so coming along to the men's circle, most people is like a lot of job stuff, like just feeling unfulfilled in mm-hmm. daily life. Relationship stuff is the big one. And just honest, like understanding who they are, like we're mm. we're so stuck. Mm. And I, I just, it's it's sad to see because it's like obviously you know understanding how you view the world and knowing where I've come from, where you guys have all come from, it's like you know you can create change. And it's yep. you sitting there going, these people are a fact of their life, right? They're not taking responsibility from it. And obviously, I haven't met a lot of these guys who are coming in there, so I'm not just going to go fucking let's go right mm. now. Yep, but. To see all these men at the effect of their jobs, their relationships, because they're not setting boundaries, they're not taking ownership for all that sort of stuff, yep. you know, it's heartbreaking, but it's also like, all right, this is exciting because hopefully someone brings something up that's going to shift something inside of them mm. to go, fuck, I've been doing that for such a long time. I'm yep. going to go home and change that. Yep. I'm going to go home and change this. I'm going to go home and change that. I'm going to put my hand up and ask for help now. And that's what we see is happening. Mm. Right. And as a result of that, that's why I went into the found doing workshops and stuff now, because I want to go, Right, well, we can give you so much help here, but let's take you to the next stage, which is, you know, helping you take responsibility yeah. and ownership for all that and start putting some stuff in place and acknowledging mm-hmm. a few things. And it's just like this progression of becoming a better man, right? I call it hashtag building a better man mindset. Mm-hmm. Building, sorry, <laughs> sorry, the man at can mindset. I was like, the new one, that sounds different. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's a different new one. One. It doesn't sound out. like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man that can mindset, but, yeah. you know, taking them when they're ready, because obviously some people don't want to accept responsibility right now Which, sometimes it's hard to slay yeah, the dragon 100% like yeah. I know taking ownership for all my shit was so hard at the start yeah. but then you know you get to a point where what do you
1: reckon like, that is for like why is it so hard for men to come forward what are the main reasons fear
2: like fear of judgment of guilt of mm-hmm. not being what they feel they should be in society mm-hmm. like I know for myself a lot of that like I, I was a, you know an elite level runner and then a, a footy player and that's what everyone thought I was going to be and then when I wasn't living up to that, I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't just go, oh, "I'm just not good enough." I was like, "No, fuck this. Let's derail it. Let's mm. go hard." Yes, that's, that's, what, that's, that's how I worded it like that.
0: Yeah,
2: that's, that's like so experience. important
0: too. Yeah. Like you know, when 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 we ex- when we experience sudden and rapid change, it really does. Like if you're if you're striving towards something, and like this is obviously is listening and watching. Like sometimes when we're like striving towards something, and that thing gets taken away from us. Yep. Like, you've got one or two options that we, we tend to go towards, right? You either will grow from it or you will fucking self-destruct. Mm. And, like, I did that as well. When I got out of prison, I, um, I got myself into a relationship and, like, it was all good. But, like, looking back, the way that I self-destructed that relationship is is ridiculous. Mm. Like, it was a great relationship. Everything was really, really good. But because I felt so fucking empty inside and, like, when I think about what empty meant, empty meant for me that like I felt like I had no purpose mm. I felt like I had no direction I felt like I I felt like I was completely reliant on everyone like I was reliant on my mm. dad I felt like cuz like, what does it mean to be a man like this is this is the fucking question right and it's it's one that's been fucking floating around for a long time now <laughs> what does it mean to be a fucking man in 2020 and beyond and like like I can look back and like I'm I'm I'm, I'm older now I'm grayer now and I can look back And I've got a lot of experiences where I've self-destructed many areas of my life. Mm. And, like, when I self-destructed the relationship when I was 18, it was because I felt like I I wasn't being a man. But what the fuck does that mean? It's like if you look back traditionally, we talked about this a little bit earlier, like being a man traditionally meant, in my opinion, it meant you had a sense of valor. It was like you were courageous. When things were hard, you were someone that that could be turned to. To help pull things back together, protection. You were the protector. Sorry, yeah. You were the provider. And like, if you fast forward to today, I'm thinking, how is it possible that a lot of men feel these challenges? This is well, but we'll think about it, right? We had this revolution. We'll call it a revolution, but we had this this shift societally back in you know the, the 70s, 80s, 90s, where women's rights became important, which is a fantastic thing. Like, I'm a firm advocate of equal opportunity. I'm an absolute oppositional bastard when it comes to um, equality of outcome. For those that don't know, uh, equality of opportunity means that we can all start the race at the same time. Um, Equality of outcome means that we should all finish the race at the same time, no matter what effort we put in or how good we are. So I think that equality of outcome and the people that push the equality of outcome agenda are monsters. It's a complete injustice. It's the worst possible thing because when you try to – Make everybody finish at the same time, no matter of what effort they put in. And mm. like the, the metaphor that I like to say is this, right? It's like, okay, great. So we should make everything <laughs> flat, which is fantastic. You know, everyone should be able to have, you know, the same amount of pay, no matter how many hours that they do. And this is, this is the whole argument, right? It's like, you know, men and women get paid differently. Well, <clears throat> well, I watched a a YouTube clip um, on with the Australian parliament. I think it was this last year or the year before where the women's rights Government uh, lobby were in there speaking to the to the to the the senator or the judge, and basically saying, "Look, here's the facts, here's the data. Women are the discrepancy between what men earn and what women earn are right here." Now, never have I before seen such a patient man ever as this guy who was residing over this issue, and he said, "Okay, great. So you're saying that there's a discrepancy in pay? There's a pay gap?" And he goes, where'd you get that data? They go, well, what we did was we took all of the, um, the data and we annualized the income. So we, we, we took what they were earning, and we annualized it. So no matter, no matter if you work part-time, mm. casually, or full-time, we annualized it. And see, what that does is it skews the data. Yeah. And this guy was very, very, very smart. He said, okay, so you've got a man, you've got a woman working in the same job. Are they getting the same rate per hour? And these women are like, oh, 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 oh. we annualize it. He goes, no, is it the same per hour? And they're like, yes, okay. So if it's the same per hour, how is it possible that we've got this pay gap? I go, he goes, did you take into account the difference in hours that are work between some men and some women? And they're like, oh, oh, no, that wasn't part of our research. He goes, oh, interesting. I thought that'd be an important aspect. So you've got this this revolution that's happened, if you would, where obviously now women can go out and can work, and and like that was an important thing, right? Because up until the point where the feminists came in and they made that shift, where it was like a woman's role was to cook, clean, and look after the kids. Yeah. So that got expanded, right? That got expanded, and it said a woman a woman can cook, they can clean, they can be a wife, they can raise kids, and they can earn money. And that was a fantastic enriching of of that perspective right yep. for women however what's not changed is men see for men we've basically we we look after our family we earn money that's what it is for men that's what it's been for men for a long time and there's a disconnect i feel between how much emotion and connection i've gone on a tangent i apologize everyone but <laughs> like obviously Massive. i'm very emotional about it right there's 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 a disconnect between how much affection that a man feels that he should give his children as well mm-hmm. and that's a problem it's a big problem and it's like at what point do we start to enrich the model and be like, okay, you're a man. You not only need to protect your family, not only need to provide for your family money, house, safety, yeah.
2: you can also be there emotionally. You can be there as a dad, for example. Yeah, well, you just got sort to of think back like when you were growing up, or like you. Mm-hmm. we crave the love that we get the least, right, which yes. is what most of us, it's a father figure because – Dad's, as you said, are mm-hmm. being the protector and the provider, and they can't show. no, I hadn't fucking hugged my dad until my missus made me do it. Like, I hugged him. I can, there's two, three times I can remember, which is when I won a grand final. Yep. Cool. And then a couple of years ago, my missus made me hug him. Yep. That's two times I can remember. When was what? the last
0: time that you told your dad that
2: you love him? Oh, I can't remember. I don't thing. That was so hard for me. And so, even for me, like, the two hard, the hardest love I finally give is to my dad and my brother and they're the, re- they're the driving force behind the Manly Cam project, Can project yeah. right? but everyone else I'm sweet and mm. it's, it's fine but it's just there's some resistance there that I don't know what it is yet but anyway but yeah it going back to your point it's like we, we crave that right so I I said to myself like when you're going like what is the definition of man well I go when I was growing up yeah it was cool being able to be provided with all these experiences because of the money that they had and the protection that they had but I would have fucking loved to have been told I was appreciated. I was loved. Or yes. I have, that, have those moments. Yep. So then I go for myself. Well, oh, fuck! I don't want to be how my dad was. And not saying that that's just the way he was conditioned, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I want to be able to have those conversations with real. my son. I want to. I don't have a son yet, but if I assume I'll have a lucky junior one hey. day. Uh, <laughs> but like, I practicing. want to. I want to be. I want to be that. That's the kind of man that I want to be because yep. I know how much that would have had a positive impact mm. on my life more than just the. Yeah that hardened man that, yes. that we've seen. And I think where if you're watching this, you're now made aware of it, you can re- redefine what that that is, yeah. right?
0: So let's, let's – well, we're there now. We made it there somehow. Why don't we define what it means to be a man? Because obviously, um, you know, last year, the year before, we had a, a fantastic bit of mm. propaganda. You can burn me at the stake right now. You can burn me later. I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> I did not like the Gillette ad, all right? I'll say it now, I'll say it loud, and I'll tell you why. I don't understand. See, my wife, she said to me, she goes, what is it about this ad that you don't like? So, see, she's a very smart woman. I love her very much, and she challenges me all the time, which is why I think I love her so much. Um, and I see me, I'm stubborn like a mule. I'm stubborn as, like, I get it from my dad. My dad's a Scorpio. If you know that kind of hippie stuff, then you know what I'm saying? Dad's a Scorpio, mum's a Leo, she's a fiery type, and me, I'm, I'm, I'm stubborn as a fucking ox. And and like, she said to me, What is it about men looking after people that need to be looked after properly? I said, Johnny. It's not it. And I couldn't, couldn't put my finger on it. And it took me months to actually be able to articulate what it was about this fucking ad that I did not like. And what I hated about it was, and it took me down a dark hole, a dark, dark, dark hole of like politics, right? Like before that ad, I did not give a shit about politics. Like, literally, I did not care about the right, the left, the nothing. Even right now, I'm not left-leaning, I'm not right-leaning. I'm like... Just hanging. I'm just an observer, right? Just so you know, I don't lean either fucking way. I observe, and I'll call out bullshit on both sides of the political spectrum. And, like, all Does I... Does it often. It, yeah, <laughs> I do it often, yeah. yeah. You know, it's the whole... Get, you know, Gillette man. Like, it's it's evident that they did not make the right choice based on the outcome that it was produced. They lost $8 billion after that ad and it's like okay what the hell's going on and i'm like why do i have so much resistance to this and now sitting here now i can articulate what it was the fact that they tried to stereotype and cast all men as predatory violent aggressive people that enjoy seeing other people get hurt Mm. that was the overarching frame that they tried to um, give. Mm. And then what they said is, I said, a man should be the kind of person that looks after other people, you know, is a protector. And I said, Shani, I said, I got it. I know why. <laughs> I have it. Got it. <laughs> I got it. I go, it's because they're trying to say that we're all fucking predators. We're all this aggressive person that's going to rape someone, that's going to beat someone up, that's going to bully someone, and that we're not already the protector. I mean, that shit pisses me off. And that's the reason why they lost $8 billion in revenue is because men already are protectors. Mm. We already, like, if you speak to, I don't know about you, but I don't know any fucking person that will watch two kids roll around beating each other up. I know none, right? I've never met a guy that would stand there and go, that's it, kids. <laughs> but, but Charlie, mate, <laughs> hit him in the guts. <laughs> hit him in the guts. Ch- yeah, that's it. Kick him in the nuts now. <laughs> I know no one that oh, will do, do that. Yeah. Standing around at a fucking barbecue, turning their, that, like, It's the ultimate stab at being a man. And, like, we already have this fucking issue where all the schools are removing ways that boys can establish their status and, like, boundaries. Like, you know, like, rough and tumble time is absolutely... Do any research into the psychological literature and you will find that all the evidence suggests that boys need the... Like, boys growing up, we need a place to be able to test ourselves. We need Mm. a place to be able to establish what's too much what's not enough we need to be able to hurt ourselves. we need to be doing rough and tumble Mm. because we learn what boundaries are right so you've got let's talk about what the the conflict right now I don't think is a crisis of masculinity or a crisis of men I think that there's a whole heap of people trying to bubble wrap everybody and turning into this flat neutral world and what you're doing is you're denying the fact that there is biological factors that separate men from women you know testosterone is a really really big factor and it, it influences a lot Of our personality, Mm -hmm. and like men naturally seek status, and when you remove the ability, like the removal of a first place, second place, third place from different activities in school is not good. Does my fucking. It's not good. Giving everybody an award is not good. Number one, it creates the entitlement attitude where they become entitled. Oh, in school, I got a uh, a medal just because I did something and now they're fucking 32 years old they're in a job and they're not making as much money as they want and they go oh but why can't I get a raise yeah seriously it, 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 it's it's. Uh, anyway. what's your thoughts on that
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I could have just sat there and listened but, uh, for a long, long time do you
1: get many issues coming up that's around masculinity and things yeah, and yeah masculinity. I,
2: I'd per- like whenever, whenever I'm dealing with clients it's never a thing of masculinity right mm-hmm. like I think it's just when, like, I get asked on podcasts or, you know, having conversations with people and it's like it's being portrayed exactly how you said it was. And it's like there's no fucking – men and women both possess masculine and feminine energy. There's so good we, behavior and bad behavior. Yeah. So it's like it's not toxic masculinity. It, and, you know, if you frame it well, it's like it's toxic behavior. Yeah. yeah. The stuff that you, you spoke about before, that's fucking toxic whether you're a male or a female. Do Yeah. Right? just sort of cut
0: in but like just for you that know like I don't know if anyone else has been to prison obviously I have I spent a significant amount of time there I had to hide the facts for those that don't know when I was when I was 18 I was wrongfully charged with rape which crossed all of my boundaries like I could never touch a woman yet and like to be labelled that number one made me extremely angry and and bitter but I had to hide that when I went to prison because there are two Mm. things that people hate in prison number one are kitty touches so pedophiles people that touch kids number two men that abuse women like those kind of people get beat up we fucking think of this this this, take whatever hat you have on right now off open yourself up to a different way of thinking if in the place where all the bad people are supposed to be there's so much negativity and resentment towards people that hurt women how is it possible that and you could assume right in that place there there's a lot of masculinity right if in that place there, there's so much resentment towards rapists, people that beat up women and stuff like that, how is it possible that toxic masculinity is a real thing? So as Lockie was saying, it's toxic behaviour because mm. we never talk about toxic femininity, do we? Mm. We never do. But you can have women that do bad things, you can have men that do bad things. And where Gillette fell over is that they tried to cast type all men as being predatory animals. But it's the Pareto distri- distribution principle it's the 80-20 rule, right? They say in prison, only 5% of all people there do most of the crime, right? 5%, of, there was a, a story that I read about this bike theft rink in Canada. Um, anyway, they, they, they found the top person, the one that was organizing the crime. They arrested that person there and 95% of all crime disappeared instantly. It's not all people that were stealing bikes. It was a select couple of people that commit the most crimes. So you could assume, with the same Pareto distribution principle, that there's 20% of people that are fuckwits, call mm. them what they are, and then you've got 80% of people that are normal, good, decent yeah. human beings. So therefore, it is absolutely an injustice for anybody to ever cast type your 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 ordinary man as this bad villain but that's what's happening and that like it's psychologically draining like it's, it's, I'll tell you another story right so just just yesterday I was out with my son and we're down at Redcliffe we had we had a nice dinner and we were playing at the park there was a little girl who was talking to me okay this is fucking real and this like hurts me because I'm a loving person I love kids and I could never like it, it, it tears me up right fucking now like people that do things to kids it makes me so mad <laughs> And, like, this little girl, she would have been like, oh, fuck, how old would she have been? She would have been, like, maybe, no, she was seven because she told me. She's like, oh, it's my seventh birthday in nine days. And, like, she was talking to me, and I just wanted to, like, just give her a kindness and love. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, what if somebody looks at this Mm -hmm. and thinks that I'm being a predator? And that then leads into collective guilt, which we were talking about earlier. In the back of my mind, I'm, like, looking around thinking, oh, fuck, is so mum, like, close enough where she can hear that I'm not trying to, like, take her into a van? Yeah. Like, she's, like, that's fucked up
2: that I that felt like that. That doesn't allow you to be your authentic I self I can't be my right? authentic,
0: yes. caring, loving self. And, like, there are two other boys playing with my son, and these boys would have been, like, maybe eight and ten. Yep. And, like, I was just chatting to the normal. Didn't even think about it at all. They didn't think about it. I'm just like, yeah, this is sweet. Just chatting away. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, eh, eh, like, what if, what if someone takes me just talking to this little girl is wrong?
1: That's not takes a, one thing, uh, yeah. one thing, and that kitty could say anything and they could turn on you. No, not even, you know, not even that. It's, it's like
0: it's this, this it's perspective still. that men are going to do the wrong thing. Mm. And I realize now just sitting here that I was victim yesterday to collective guilt. Yeah. And that's something that's cast on us from society right now and all your mainstream media and stuff like that. If someone's going to do something wrong, it's going to be a man.
2: Yeah, and it's always, it's always going back as well, like we were speaking about just before, like even with aggression and all that sort of stuff, it's like I used to be really, really aggressive in my last relationship. Like If I got drunk, I was so fucking aggressive and yeah. I was angry all the time and I'd have to check phones or I'd fucking try and be as dominant as possible yeah. because it had to be my way because of my insecurities. Yes. And then as I started learning and reading, this, this realization only came to me about six months ago, but I'd become so weak as a man, because I was scared of being masculine without even realizing it, yep. because I was like, if I be too aggressive, I'm gonna be that guy again, which society doesn't like. If I you know, be stern and um, really assertive with what I want, that's being, that's being aggressive and that's you know, not uh, valuing my partner, X, Y, Z, when in reality it's standing up for what I want and I've, we were touching on it before, but there are times where you need to have that rough and tumble, you need to have the aggression mm. because it's, it's, it's a part of who we are mm. genetically. Yep, it makes you fucking feel good to have a yell and yeah. I'm not saying doing it in a bad way, but like you choose your moments. But even doing yeah. that, like yeah. it, as just for, for blokes, like and you like for blokey blokes, you'll you'll
0: completely understand what we're talking about right now. For those that maybe because like, like I understand completely. There are some men that are more masculine. There are some men that are more feminine, and, and that that doesn't that's okay. Discredit
2: you being a fucking man. That like, doesn't matter. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, yeah.
0: Like it's completely fucking okay. Yeah, and it's like. in in respect to like how's it possible that men and I'm just thinking my mind's just going where it's going sorry (laughs) I'm 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 thinking about misogyny now right and I'm thinking okay so how's it possible that because my my sister she's a vegan and that should kind of say it all (laughs) joking I love you I love you Um, (laughs) I'm joking but I'm serious because veganism is obviously an ideology and ideologies have different interesting things about them but Point aside, Megan is, is very, very opinionated, and that's great. I always love people challenging my ideas because it makes me rethink things. Um, but she's like almost all men are the ones that do all the crimes. And it's it, 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 statistically speaking, it's accurate. But here's the thing, right? So if you think about aggression, so if you've got 10 people in a room and if you are looking at who's going to be the most aggressive – You've got six of them are going to be men. They're going to be more aggressive than the women. Yeah. So four women in a room out of ten, four women will be aggressive. Six will be uh, will be the men. Yeah. Now that's insignificant on a small scale. But what happens as you start to scale out? You've got a thousand people in a room. You've got six hundred men who are going to be aggressive. Four hundred will be females. You scale it out. You've got a million. That's six hundred thousand men. Mm. And you've got 400,000 women. Now, that's where it starts to become obnoxiously disproportionate yep. because it's not the middle ends of the spectrum that are where things are noticed. It's when you go out to the extremes.
2: Let's, I've never had this conversation but we'll talk about it. I don't even yeah. know okay. where I want to go. I just think, like, as we, um, if we go back to the conversation we were having before where you felt... You came victim yesterday because you wanted to show that young girl some love and stuff, but then in your head you're like, "Oh fuck! What if people think I'm a predator? Kid-? Yeah, predator. Well, that sort of shit. Touch her, yeah. So it's like there must be so many men who are going through life experiencing moments like that for whatever reason, right? And as a result of that, we're not being able to be our true, authentic self. Mm-hmm. So you get fucking resentful. You get bitter, mm-hmm. and that builds up and builds up and builds up. Like if you can't fucking hug your mate's <laughs> daughter. You know, I'm not saying that, that was your mate's story yeah. yesterday, but you can't do that because you're worried about judgment. The metaphor's true. Fuck me, you would get angry after a while. Yes. Right? Because you're not allowed to be who you are. And so you then you go, okay, well, yeah, men statistically are, are proven to give more crime, but we're also well, I'm not even going to do that conversation. But <laughs> I'll take it, put me on the cross. <laughs> it's, but but in a way, like we we can't express ourselves because of, of the beliefs and the way some, we've been societal. societal yeah. And so it's like, well, fuck. I'm, I'm getting angry if thinking I, about If it I like, can't man. be me, then
0: who the fuck can I be? Yeah.
2: yeah. So, of course, I'm going to be resentful. And at times, it's like – I was thinking about then, like, if you're doing crime and organized crime, or even um, a, a good mate of mine, Ben, he explains it really well, like, it's almost men in their feminine essence where you're on a sporting field and you win um, – so let's say you win the grand final and that's the time when men can break down and cry and fucking show emotion. That's feminine. Yep. So it's like that's why we were attracted to sport and all of that sort of stuff and competition because yep. it allows us to be masculine to get the result, to get out there and be competitive. Mm-hmm. But the moment that we can go, fuck, my hard work paid off, I can now cry and show another side of emotion. But had the sport not been there, you cry, mate, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah. And that's the way it's brought upon or you're, you're, you know, you're not a stronger man. But when did it become like that? Mm. Because if I if I had to carry on how I was carrying on for the last five years for the rest of my life, I guarantee you would have gotten a lot more trouble. Yep, Guarante- yeah. not How's because- your
1: relationships changed with that then? Because if having those thoughts and those beliefs and things like going from relationships back in the day yeah. to where they are now, are they stronger or better? Worse? Way better,
2: way better. And I communicate so much better. But I'm the same. Like there's times where I, I struggle to. Communicate to my partner the mm. most, more than like random people that I talk to. But that's something because we fear the judgment. The yeah, the, the judgment. You respect their opinion a lot, um, but you know I, I'm more open in talking about my struggles, mm. my challenges. I ask better questions, and I'm not insecure. Like if my partner were to walk away from me, I would still be confident enough of myself. That yeah, it'd fucking hurt and it'd be sad, but I would still be confident enough, confident enough in myself to. That's something to touch on. That's something forward. to touch
0: on too, right there because. I was reading, you know, obviously in Australia, this is as of 2019, these stats, but I was reading that um, there's roughly eight eight suicides a day in Australia yeah. and out of those eight suicides, six are men. Mm-hmm. And I was reading, why why is it that men commit suicide? And the, the leading factor as to why men commit suicide is because of a separation. Yeah, if you... you um... It's 54% of men commit suicide because of a uh, separation in a relationship Uh, from, I've got it written in my book, wherever it is, but I think it was like 42% of men commit suicide because of financial worry. Yeah. And then the next one after that was conflict in a relationship at like 32% or something Mm. like that.
2: Yeah, if you, I think it's with the Australian Mental Health Forum or whatever, their report card from the, like you can read that and, for me, like, the the benefit of reading that those, uh, the those other stats, it's like, well, fuck, if you're one of your mates, this is good things to look out for for your, your buddies, is, like, if a mate's just gone through a relationship breakdown or if you know they're doing a tough financially, fucking, like, hang have on. Or, yeah, have the Statistically chat. Statistically speaking. Um, yeah, and you think about how many people are struggling financially. There's a yeah. lot of people. And then, as men, we are the guys who are like, fuck, I'm supposed to have it. I know, I my missus supported me for the first four years of our relationships. Yeah. That hurt my ego massively. It's, it's embarrassing. Because I'm supposed to be the guy who's supposed to be paying for dinners supposed to be paying for that. I couldn't do that. And once that ter- ter- links back into what does it actually mean to be a
0: man. And historically, being a man meant you were a provider. But now we live in a day, 2020, where <clears throat> many, many more women go to university than men. Many more women finish high school than men. A lot of women are actually, like, statistically speaking, if you want to play the equality of outcome game, then there'd be a focus on making sure that, you know what, there are just as many men going through university as there are women, yeah. that there are just as many men finishing school as there is women. But that's not where the focus is, right? Mm. That's not where the, the media puts the focus. They put the focus on the inequalities in regards to the minorities because that sells more. Well, yeah, this
2: is just talking again. But, like, if we've got more women going into the workforce, which I think is fucking awesome because they've got different ways of looking at yes. things and solving problems, which is amazing we're not conditioning the men to go okay well maybe my role in this relationship is to step back and be the stay-at-home dad yeah. and if that's one, okay like as well. there's the, all of them are awesome yeah but there's still a lot of men who struggle emotionally to connect that way they go fuck well I'm not supposed to be the stay-at-home dad but you know that might be what your arrangement is in the relationship which is fine mm-hmm. but how where's the education for men to go, but if I want to be a parent, like, women are nurturing, caring, and a lot of... Yeah, so I had a thought right there. <laughs> for, for, just, just, just for men that are in that
0: situation there and happen to be listening to it, like, if you're in that situation and that's okay, then obviously start letting it be okay. Yeah. But if it's not okay, you need to learn how to communicate that with your partner.
2: Exactly. It's, you, you get to set the boundaries. You get to decide what and going back to what does it mean to be a man in 2020 it's like mm. you get to fucking decide what that is
1: mm-hmm.
2: right because everyone's different like you, the way you're brought up the way you're brought up is mm-hmm. completely different than how I was brought up and we've all got a different ideology of what that is mm-hmm. and we've all got a different ideology of what that wants to be just yep. like we've all got a fucking different way we want to live our life mm. there's no one size fits all model and it shouldn't be said to be like that like mm. it, that's why so many people are fucking unhappy and so many people are confused because like if you're not you know, it's black and white. It's, if you're not doing this, you're not a man. If you're not doing this, you know, you're not a provider. you're not protected. This, is, and, but meanwhile, there's all this space here where we want to be sitting. Mm. And the moment that we give people permission, or we give ourselves permission to go, fuck, that's fine. I want to sit here. Yep. This is what it means for me. Then that's fine. Mm. But there's, it's just like black or white. Yeah, people are not fucking black or white. Like it's, we're confusing individuals. Like if you were Ooh, to, yeah. if you were to sit hundred people in this room. Get a hundred different perspectives of the world, views of the world, yep. and ways you outcomes you want to have.
0: Hundred and one. You've always got one split personality. Yeah,
2: right. yes. true, true. It's like, <laughs> but that's the reality of it. Yet yeah, we sit people in a classroom and go, "This is the only way." Yep. And so you've got ninety nine people going, "Fuck, I don't fit into that." What's mm-hmm. wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And then we go, well, "I need to fit into this," so I'm going to start being someone I'm not. Let's talk about school because I just uh, you just triggered a thought.
0: So something else, some, something else that's interesting that's happening too, and I, I was you reading. Go all day, so <laughs> mate. Good. Just triggered it. Just triggered it. So I was reading a uh, a post written by a man. I can't remember if he was in Australia or not, but um, he's a teacher. And from memory, this is from memory, guys. Um, from memory, he's in grade school, primary school, from from zero to seven or whatever it is. Um, Anyway, he was talking about how hard it is to be a teacher today and how he feels like he has to be very, very careful with how he shows discipline to kids. Mm. He's saying that he feels really, really awkward sometimes being in a classroom. This kind of leans back into that collective guilt, that thing that I was, talk- uh, I was talking about with that girl. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar. Like he feels uncomfortable sometimes being in a classroom alone with just one or two students. Yep. And as a result, there's like this pressure to just not be a teacher anymore. And he was saying, I sometimes find it hard to, to communicate this too because I don't even I can't even explain what this pressure is. It's like this this thing that's pushing down on me. And then I started to look at the statistics and found that there is a a, a really really low amount of male teachers in the system these days. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's predominantly female. And whilst that's not a bad thing for, for females being in a role, it's one hundred percent. And once again, the psychological literature points to this evidence is there this is not my opinion this is facts men need male teachers in order to strive more like there's a lot of data that shows that when when boys have a male teacher teaching them they actually learn more they perform better and they've got that that good like i remember in 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 high school right there was a guy mr boyd mr boyd if you listen to this
2: (laughs) He you're, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're awesome you're
0: awesome he used to put shit on me he used to like he'd put me, he'd put me in place right like he wasn't scared to he put me in place and I loved it I yeah. thrived for that like we are uh, we, we are hierarchical right yeah and there are people that want to make everything flat those level six
2: <laughs> they yeah, make, yeah they want to
0: make everything flat yeah <laughs> egalitarian and 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 the fact is is that human beings are hierarchical in in, in, in essence. Like we we organise ourselves in hierarchies, and the worst kind of hierarchy is a hierarchy that's based on tyranny. So like it's raw dominance and it's corrupt and yep. it's just disgusting. That's the thing that the, the left fight against. That's the thing that those L six fight against. However, good hierarchies are hierarchies of competency. And like as mm. a kid, like I was when I got that. And I was there it was Mr. Boyd, and there was another guy. I can't remember what his name was. Anyway, he, he used to drive around in, like, all the sports cars. And he was so cool. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, the cool teacher. And he was just like, I was like, fuck, oh, you're just so awesome. You're so cool. He had <laughs> muscles and stuff. And I was like, this is the coolest teacher. And he, too, used to put me in my place. Like, I don't even know what that looked like today. I don't even know what that would look like to have a teacher put a kid in their place. But all I can say is it was the best thing ever because I'll other people would not put me in my place, and I'd walk all over them.
2: That's yeah. I got a lot of respect for teachers having to do that because they don't get a choice of who they work with. Yeah. As well. Like, fortunately for us mm. in the coaching position, say like, I only work with people I'd have a beer with. Yep. Because I know that, like, if I'd have a beer with you, I can tell you how it is, and you'd probably respect my opinion as yep. opposed to just someone going, "I like the way Lockie sort of." I'd love to get the result that Lockie can give me, but then you know you you communicate in a way that they don't fucking like, and all of a sudden you've got yourself a. Uh, <sighs> an intense argument on your hand that you don't want to have, right? Yep. So that's why, like, fuck being a teacher. That would, <laughs> I got a lot of respect for it, but you have to put – and that's the whole point of progress and having outside help and having a mentor or having a teacher is because they see the world or see you in a different life that you may not be aware of. And that's why, like, I you – know, we just spoke about um, uh, your environment earlier, but it's like having people in your life that put you into place because I, I've got this – view of myself and a lot of the time I'm like, fuck, I'm doing quite well and people are like, dude, you've been the most antisocial motherfucker for the last <laughs> three weeks I haven't seen you. So it's good having people put me in place but yeah. if someone else – like there's certain people that if they said that to me, i just tell them to get fucked. Yeah. And they're probably the people who wouldn't want to work with me and I wouldn't want to work with them. So in this day and age, <laughs> teaching kids and what could go wrong as well and would Teaching be, kids as a
0: man and uh, it's uh, –
2: it's just a question it's just a
0: question that this in my head it's how how can we start to free up the airways so that more men can feel good being a teacher again because it is important like how how can we how can we change the conversation so that I don't feel bad showing kindness to a little girl who's playing near my son and wants to ask me questions about my tattoos yeah like, like how do we shift that in in it, and it it does frustrate me sometimes because like I me, I look at someone, I can see so much potential and in every single person that I look at, but at the same time so many people are possessed by these these narratives that are circulating out there and they're not necessarily the most healthy thing for us, mm. especially as men. And like if we as men start to I talked about like over in the US, right, where some some we'll call what it is some white men don't feel like they can talk up on certain issues because it's like well I'm, I'm a white white privileged male, what right do I have to even enter I the mean, conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. here that's a collective guilt thing, it's like I've been part of the problem, I have no right to stand up and even have a, have a voice yeah. well I'm sorry, you, you do have a voice you do have a voice, you do have thoughts, you do have feelings and every single time that you're not authentic and not real and you don't respect that you've got those thoughts and those feelings, you're, you're shutting off a piece of yourself and it, it gets to the point where it's like that pressure cooker where like you, you resist it, you deny it so much. You know, denial not this a river that runs through Egypt <laughs> and yeah. it, is, it, it just explodes, right? So like men, we need to like let this out. So we've kind of gone a couple we of let's, let's 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 talk about emotional fitness because I've got it written up on the board. <laughs> there. So you've got three minutes, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This beautiful. This is so good. So obviously now we're we talking about emotions and men exploding. So based on the work that you've done so far with men, with the Men That Can project, what's what's kind of what kind of issues are men having when they come in with like their emotions and stuff like that? What kind of things do they share?
2: They just can't communicate what they're they're experiencing or they feel. Guilted by having certain emotions, mm. right? They, Such as, can you give me an example? Anger. Yep. Like anger is a massive one, but also then um, not being able to express who they truly are or the, the, the fact that they don't know who they truly are mm. because they've set themselves on having a certain career and then they've become, let's say, Todd the lawyer. Yep. And I go, who are you? I'm a lawyer. Or what yep. do you do? I'm a lawyer. That's, give me a bit more than that. I have fucking no idea. I know I go to work from seven in the morning till seven at night and then I eat dinner and go home. I'm like, all and so it's like for them the frustration is the fact that they don't know anything outside of that Yep. so you know through that's why like even having men at the men's circle and just stimulating conversation and seeing how other men got through that or what other men are doing in, in different stages of their life because you know you've got and i'm guilty of this like when i before i had money i was like i gotta fucking grind it out and do whatever i can to get money and then you get money and you go it's not what you thought it was going to be, right? Yeah. And it's, there's all these people who are striving for money and they, uh, we've got people who have companies come, you know, worth millions of dollars and they're the most chilled out people with their time. They're like, no, I went for coffee today, did lunch, was with my kids and you're yep. like, wow, that's pretty cool. So, but they're the ones who also go, I read a lot and I was, uh, you know, trial, and error, uh, spent a lot of time working out what life wants to look like for me and I, I've done the same, like my non-negotiable is I never mm-hmm. want to sacrifice my training or my relationships. Like granted, goes in waves, but it's like I'll get up and start work at five, five thirty, try and finish around three, three thirty, go to the gym for one to two hours and then try and switch off. Like yep. That's what the discipline I'm trying to trying to get in and around that. So then there's men who sit there and I'll go, you know, I can't can't tell someone who I really am because I'm worried about judgment and you're like, well tell us. Yep. And they're like I'll miss on that. And everyone's like, I fucking did that. I've had those thoughts. I've done this and then they're like, sweet, I'll go share that with my network. Well then and they've got this uh, just deep aggression for the world. It's like they're at effect of everything that's happened to them. It's like this happened because of this person or this job's got me stuck here. and You're just sitting, you're listening, you're listening, and someone will give perspective, and you're like, you're at effect of everything that's happening to you. Yep. The moment that you decide, you know, you can leave your fucking job right now, you can leave that relationship right now, but you're choosing not to. Mm. And there's so many blokes that are frustrated by that because once again, we have to hold up a certain uh, stereotype mm. and we can't can't peel away from that and it's going back to you're either this man or you're this man rather than the grey area, which is where a lot of us fit. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, uh, over time there's more men who are standing up and being their authentic self, so they're getting, you know, these micro niches as, as we'd call them in people and they're getting huge followings and, you know, more and more people are like, fuck, yeah, he did it, so I'm going to be that person mm-hmm. as well because that's where I belong. Yep. And – so that, to me the issue isn't big, it's just not, it's not being spoken about. So when you said before how, do we, um, how can we overcome men not being able to you know, give, give a hug to a girl without feeling like a predator, it's like having more fucking conversations about it mm-hmm. so we can get more people thinking about it going, actually that is fucked, mm-hmm. the fact that you can't hug a girl because you, you feel like society might see you as a predator. And on this
0: too, and this is super important, and it's – completely related to what we're talking about right now. We're having the conversation right now. Like, I haven't spoken to anyone about how I felt yesterday. Yeah. It's the first time I've spoken about it. And, like, I'm happy to talk about it right now to all of you. Like, this will go wherever it goes. And it's important because, obviously, I was extremely frustrated by that. And we're obviously talking about emotional fitness right now. And how do you be fit emotionally? Well, one thing is identifying that, like, if you're suffering, you have to Communicated, you have to to, to find some way, right? Whether you go to a men's circle, we have a chat. You have to 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 talk about that thing because suffering leads to bitterness, in my opinion. Like we 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 feel bitter, we feel angry, we feel frustrated. We only want to stay there for so long Mm. because then we start to feel resentful toward the world. Yeah, and like uh, this kind of loops back to uh, a loop that I started before, which is how's it that men can become so misogynistic? It's because in my opinion, is just my opinion, everyone. <laughs> um, in my opinion, there's a lot of things that have been taken away from men yep. recently, okay? You've got your traditional manly man that would go out there and do manly jobs, okay? You've got a lot of these jobs that are being replaced by automation. You've got machines that can come in and do all the things that a man used to do. So I'm now not needed. and If I'm not needed, well, who the fuck am I? Yep. Who am I? What fucking use am I in the world? I might as well just go fucking neck myself. So like, what good am I if I can't put food on the fucking table? So then there's like this this bitterness and resentfulness that, that starts to grow. And like, cause, like I, I sometimes hear like men say things about women that aren't necessarily best. And like, I don't know about you, but like I used to be like that when I was younger. As I'm now once I get a bit older, a bit more grayer, and I started to express my emotions. What I found is that the, the, the charge that actually created that resentment disappeared. Because, like, you have to remember, if you've got, like, resentment or any kind of negative feeling towards a thing, there's something under there charging it. So as, like, a man, like, think about this. Like, if you've got some sort of negative feeling towards something, that means, number one, you've got that in you, you could do that, and sometimes we resist that that truth, yep. which is I do have a monster in me, and, like, some men literally want to run away from the monster. And once again, I'd, I'd just a suggestion... Embracing the monster. We talked about this before, right? It's like some men think that being a good man means being a good man and not being, aggre- not being aggressive, not dominating other people, yep. and not being those things, and that's being a good man. And I was just thinking this as we're at lunch, like you're eating, number having these weird fucking thoughts. <laughs> <You're
1: above laughs> and I think eating the whole menu, by the way. <laughs> yeah,
0: I do eat the whole menu. <laughs> and then it's like, well, I think it's important for men to learn how to to cultivate their own monster. And what I mean by that is not being a monster going out there and doing bad things, but accepting the fact that you can be a monster but you choose to not. Yeah. And that's very powerful because there are some circumstances, right, like two of the biggest reasons why people go to therapy, um, like going to see like a clinician, like a clinical psychologist, something like that, would be number one, they've got depression or anxiety issues, but number two, assertiveness training. So learning how to be more assertive. Assertiveness for women is often quite low but there are some men that also don't know how to be assertive and like why is that well it's possible that they didn't have a, a father role model growing up as a result I didn't learn how to be assertive so there's that whole element there too where there are some men there are some men that need to learn how to control the monster which I was me I, I was that and it sounds like you were kind yeah, of yeah. a bit like that too so we need to learn to control the monster and in and of itself my opinion is that when you learn to control the monster when you know that you can do bad when you know that you can hurt someone but you choose to not for me, that's you being a good good person. Yeah.
2: Well it's even like I suppressed it to the point where I, I fucking was just craving the people from my past because I just wanted that fucking grunge back in my life. The, the, my the, life felt so fucking polished yes. that I was like, Wow, it's good, but I'm fucking bored. Like, that's I'm really just,
0: good. It's not about resisting it, it's just about accepting yeah. I've got this in me.
2: And I've fucking I aware mean, more yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. 100%. If you don't if you never if you never do any self reflection then you're never ever mm. going to be able to grow.
1: Most definitely, Mm, which is a good one to wrap up anyway. Let's do (laughs) it because uh, (laughs) I certainly am. So if you're watching this and you are feeling along the same pathway, you've got a belief or an opinion of your own, let us know. Have a comment? Write into us. Let us know. You can also reach out to Lockie. Where Actually, can Lockie, mate, where,
2: where can we find you, mate? Where can where can people um, find you? Uh, Instagrams where I'm most active at Instagram at Lockland Stewart, or you can go to themanthatcanproject.com. Beautiful. You see, heard see it there. The on man on Facebook that can, can Facebook com. as well. The man that can project. Perfect. The man Perfect. that can project. Anyway, guys, we um. Let's leave it at that. Hey. Just give a <laughs> bit of timekeeping here, right?
1: <laughs> <We've got laughs> the <Gestapo laughs> over keeping here. the tangents on track, but. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Thanks a lot, Lockie, Thanks, for coming out and chatting thank with you. us. Awesome, guys. And, Th- um, thank you very much,
0: guys. So once again, like, subscribe, any man that you think needs to have a listen to this. Geez, any woman that you need to know. This is just a, anyone. Mm, anybody anyone. Any, that wants to join the conversation. Yes. Because Everyone. once again, as, as Lockie said, the way that we start to change the things that are going on is by having more meaningful conversations. Mm. So reach out, have a chat, take care. We'll speak to you all soon. See you guys. See, See you guys.